Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is Race Day at the 2023 Miami Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, a Max Verstappen masterclass delivers the Dutchman a championship lead-boosting victory to demoralise off-the-pace pole getter Sergio Perez. Yet again, it was a duel of two drivers for victory, with the Miami International Autodrome showing up Red Bull Racing's considerable race pace advantage over the other so-called frontrunners. Although the battle between Mercedes, Aston Martin and Ferrari was a close and interesting one. And a surprisingly clean race free of incidents gave us perhaps the clearest picture yet of the competitive order in the sport as we tick off round five of the season. So to talk us through the final day of track action in Miami, it's over to your host, Chris Medland. Hello folks, Chris Medland here again to dissect the second edition of the race in Miami and it was a bit of a strange one. I mean it was all set up so well by yesterday's qualifying with Verstappen down in ninth place, Sergio Perez on pole and Perez with the opportunity to take the championship lead if he could win the race from there. Now it got off to a bit of a tame start given the way the grid was set up. No real major incidents and Verstappen actually lost a place off the line but then started to make pretty good progress. Uh, there was a point where he was closing in on George Russell and I think most neutrals were hoping for a repeat of some pretty robust racing between the two like we had in Baku but uh, Verstappen made light work of Russell actually, got through cleanly uh, really well on the brakes into the final hairpin at the end of the lap and that was kind of a good example of the way he was racing through the field, just getting things done clinically but quickly and it meant Perez couldn't get away. So as Verstappen got himself into the top four, he was still within five seconds of the leader and tyres were becoming the big thing in this race. Perez realised early on that the medium tyre was fragile, as he called it, and that really meant that he was limiting his pace and wasn't able to build a big gap as Verstappen came through. Verstappen having started on the hard tyre then was just getting quicker and quicker and when Perez made his pit stop Verstappen took over the lead and just pulled away massively. He extended that first stint well into the lap 40s and from there he only needed a short stint on the mediums. Now Verstappen was trying to pull away to the extent that he could make a free pit stop but Perez at least kept things interesting by staying within the time required so that when Verstappen did come in uh, a slightly slow pit stop he had but when he rejoined it was behind his teammates so in the final 10 laps we did see Verstappen have to make the pass on track 
Perez got his elbows out, tried to defend a couple of times, but in the end, Verstappen got the move done uh, with both of them saying they were having to be respectful to the team. So it wasn't processional, but it was pretty comfortable, I think, for Red Bull in that sense. The, you know, the only question mark was which driver was going to win that race, and they were rarely on track close together for much of the race. It was more strategy playing out. Pretty strong work from Verstappen, and he did that even batting off booze that he got pre-race and post-race, saying... It's part and parcel of winning races regularly where not everyone wants you to. But it was a big statement from him when, as I've done on this pod this weekend, a lot of the talk has been about Perez's threat and the chance he had to take the championship lead or at least to really put pressure on Verstappen. So even not driving well, Perez did offer a serious challenge today and Verstappen judged it perfectly at all times. Similar could be said for two of the drivers finishing third and fourth in terms of how well they judged the race, with Fernando Alonso having a lonely run uh, to take the final podium spot, but he didn't put a wheel wrong, really. Now, the one that was more unexpected was George Russell in fourth. The Mercedes just seemed to come alive in race trim. I mean, perhaps they were aided by cooler temperatures. There was none of the rain around that we thought might hit to cause chaos, but more cloud cover meant the track temperature was lower as well, so the tyres had a bit of an easier time in that sense. And Russell made... Uh, good progress as well having started sixth and ahead of the race felt that that was being out of position by being too far up given how Mercedes had struggled during the rest of the weekend Russell had the measure of Carlos Sainz uh, got past him into turn 11 and rinse and repeat really for Lewis Hamilton on Charles Leclerc late on we saw uh, the same move pulled by Hamilton wedging his Mercedes through a small gap to get the inside line in the closing stages Hamilton was really on it in, in those final laps uh, a crucial move on Valtteri Bottas also aided his recovery from 13th on the grid, don't forget. Uh, and he says that's the sort of racing that he lives for. Uh, it was just kind of a, another example of strategies playing out because Hamilton also had started on the hard and then taken on the medium late on. Uh, and the race then coming to a head uh, with the action in the closing stages as he made it up to sixth in the final laps, which was a really good drive from Hamilton. Whereas for Ferrari, losing out to the two Mercedes drivers uh, individually, Fred Vasseur told me afterwards that it, it's a lack of consistency that the team needs to work on. That the car is quick and has proven it can be quick in certain scenarios, be that qualifying when they've taken pole positions this year uh, and expected to be competitive here in qualifying before Charles Leclerc crashed. But also at times in the race, there are periods where they look good. I mean, Carlos Sainz did close in on Fernando Alonso for a few laps when they were running second and third early on before Verstappen came through, but then faded. And there's other periods where the Ferrari just isn't competitive at all and, and seems really slow and really to struggle. So that is something that the team really needs to work on heading to Imola next time out. So there was chaos on Saturday in qualifying, as we spoke about, but there was none of the same today in the race. All 20 cars finished and there were zero yellow flags. Slightly surprising, actually, that I can't even say there was a yellow flag for some of the incidents we had, because we did have a couple on the opening lap. Nick De Vries ran into the back of Lando Norris and pushed him wide at Turn 1. A uh, tiny bit of debris, I think, flew off there, but somehow they both collected it fine and, and could continue, and it happened so quickly that the yellow flag wasn't even uh, able to come out in time. And then Logan Sargent says he put his car in a place he shouldn't have really early in the race and picked up front wing damage that basically ruined his race. He had to make an early pit stop for a new front wing and then with nothing happening in terms of uh, big incidents that would cause a safety car or any delays, that was his race done for. So uh, it was strange from that sense, but that didn't mean there wasn't good excitement. There was uh, better racing on the track with the new track surface and the lack of bumps. And that led to a few great battles. Um, Yuki Tsunoda springs to mind. He definitely deserves a mention for his move on Valtteri Bottas late on. Down the outside into turn 17, that's at the end of the long straight using DRS. 
doing it on the brakes. It was really impressive from Sonoda, who's driving very, very well at the moment and continued that after a poor qualifying on Saturday, uh, bouncing back in the race to climb up to 11th. So it didn't yield a point. Kevin Magnussen got the final point behind the two Alpine drivers. And all of those could say they did a pretty solid job as well. Uh, Ocon moved forward doing the, the hard medium strategy, whereas Magnussen and Pierre Gasly had started on the mediums and both slipped backwards from higher starting positions. Magnussen started fourth and Gasly fifth. But realistically, their cars settled into the position that they should be based on pace. So the race wasn't an absolute classic, but that's kind of what happens when everyone runs cleanly throughout and don't make any mistakes. But on the whole, the event itself was improved from last year. Pre-race, there were some driver introductions, which is actually the period when Verstappen was booed a little bit on the grid. Uh, and each driver was individually uh, displayed to the crowd and they got to get their reaction and that added some energy. And it was another full house as well and they got to see some good racing at times. There was also some better facilities for the fans, for the teams. Everything was just better managed. Even the grid pre-race wasn't quite as packed to the point that it was impossible to move as it was last year. But it was still full of big name guests that were helping spread the word of Formula One, uh, not only in America but globally. So year two is going to be deemed a success for this event, but it could just do with a little bit more track action. And really, that means a more competitive fight for the win. But that's true even for the next race in Imola. And that'll come down to whether anyone can close the gap to Red Bull. We're going to see upgrades coming to Imola. Mercedes promising an overhaul of their car. Ferrari might bring a few bits to that race. But Red Bull will not be standing still either. So Aston Martin in that mix will also need to make some big strides if they want to start closing the gap down. Uh, whereas Red Bull will be hoping that any new parts they bring will keep them with the advantage they currently have. Thanks very much to Chris Medland, who was in Miami all weekend. You'll hear from Chris again later in the season, and you can follow him on social media between now and then. Just check the links in the show description. And make sure you don't miss an update from the next race in Imola by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks for the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.